we have committees that they lead. So we have the Girl Talk Committee for the Girl Talk section. We have a Girl Wisdom section where they create all kinds of information that they want to share with other girls. The Girl Talk Committee and the Content Creation Committee. We have a Marketing Committee. We have um, a Leadership Team. That's Namea Barnea Goriali, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Kara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you that anything is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success, who are living their best and most ridiculous lives, and who are changing the world are often people you've never heard of until now. Growing up is hard. It's especially hard as a tween and teen and even harder when you don't have anyone to talk to or get advice from, or you're simply lacking a great community. Today's guest, Nama Barnea Goriali, is the founder of Girl Intelligence, a free app for girls where they can ask their questions, connect with each other, and give each other advice. It's an app-based sisterhood where girls support each other. In this episode, we discuss why having a sisterhood matters even more today, how to avoid bullying and making apps safer for young girls, and how to even create your own app in the first place. Enjoy. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, let's jump right in and tell everyone listening who you are, where you are, and what you're up to in the world. Yeah, so my name is Nama. Um, I am an MD, so I'm a medical doctor by training, and I've had an interesting career. So I started out as a medical doctor, um, doing clinical work, um, and then I, we moved, so I'm originally from Israel, and we moved to the United States. I was actually just after internship, so I was starting my clinical training. So I had to find here, something to do here, because we moved here from my husband's work. We just got married. Um, Congratulations. Well, not now. This was this was many years ago. <laughs> At the time, we just got married um, when we moved here. Um, so I was looking for something to do, and I wanted to continue actually my clinical training. But that was get it doing clinical training as a foreign medical graduate in the U.S. I don't know if you know this is very very difficult. Um, it you have to jump through a lot of hoops. So it takes at least a year to do the testing and you know get all the certifications and everything like that. Um, but I found a job uh, as a brain researcher at Stanford, which was very lucky because <laughs> it's also very hard to do. Uh, but I was hired and I got a grant and I started working and I absolutely loved it. So I did that plus my clinical training in the middle um, for a while. And and I think we'll, we're probably going to talk more about that in a little bit. Um, but basically, most of my career, I did um, child and adolescent psychiatry, which is my passion and like something I'm really, really interested in. Uh, psychology, psychiatry, all those things were always, always things that were very fascinating to me. Um, and brain research, which was my main focus. And then I decided to leave academia after 15 years and build my own startup. So my startup is called Gertelligence. And the idea is to provide a platform for teen girls and young women where they can actually be themselves and get all the support that they need from other, from peers, from, from other girls in a safe space because, you know, 
the online wor the world is difficult <laughs> and especially for girls it's hard and there's so many things they don't know growing up i felt this myself and i see it all around me in my in my patients and uh, people i know we need a place where we can know that nobody's going to judge us and we can talk about well they also we ad women at any age honestly but my app is for younger women um but they can talk about anything and they can they can be anonymous they can be not anonymous they can make connections that way. And we keep it super safe because we have very sophisticated AI in the background and moderators. So it's just um, 13 to 15, it's super, super safe for them because it's only moderated. Like everything goes through a human, human eyes. So we know there's nothing there that would be harmful for them or inappropriate for that age. Um, but everyone has very sophisticated AI that keeps the conversation safe and supportive. So it's basically a place um, it's called Intelligence. Like I said, it's a place for them to get support and talk about anything and uh, kind of let their hair down and not worry about how they look or how they're perceived. Um, yeah, so that's what we've built. And what's your tagline? My tagline is you have more sisters than you think. You and know, that's, that struck with me, right? Because that's part of what Powerful Ladies is about. Like, mm -hmm. you know, sharing your story so that more people and women know that there are more women like them, more humans yep. like them. Yep. Um, why does that tagline matter for your business and for you? So first of all, I have to give credit where credit is due. So I have an, an amazing advisory board of uh, teenage girls and young women. So uh, high schoolers and college students and Lorene, who is just this amazing, she just has an amazing marketing mind. Um, she's a college student and she came up with that. So not, I mean, don't take credit for it. Um, and the idea was that it's a sisterhood. Like you can go there and you will always be supported. Nobody ever, nobody's going to judge you because we built it that way. Like, of course, people judge you and can judge you in the world. But people on our platform, first of all, it's self-selecting because people who don't, you know, girls who don't want to support um, other girls just won't be there. Like if you want to judge, you can do, judge other people anywhere else. Um, so it's self-selecting and we don't really have to moderate that much, but, um, but we built it that way. So it's like, it's having, a, it's having a sisterhood on your phone. And it's like, and it's a little, I loved that when she came up with that, I was like, that is amazing because it's kind of intriguing. Like, oh, I have sisters. I have more sisters than I think. It's kind of like, really? <laughs> it's, like, um, it's intriguing. And so I like that aspect of it. And it's just very true to the platform. So what was it that made you want to create this app for this age group, um, you know, I think there's lots of, uh, we know people need help. We know that there are challenges that all different people of different ages faced today. What was it about this group and girls in particular that you wanted to help? Yeah. So you're right. I think we need, uh, every age needs a platform like this, <laughs> but, um, there's so many reasons. Uh, one of them is that, first of all, I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist by training. So I'm really interested in helping young people. And I think that is where it starts. Like if you build a good foundation, if you get uh, good information and good support when you're younger, then you're set up for success for the rest of your life. So it's really important to make to intervene at that age. And that age is very difficult and turbulent and uh, can be scarring if you don't get the right support uh, at the right time. Um, also, we know just in terms of public health um, situation is that we know that depression and anxiety and, and general mental health issues um, 
are just increasing exponentially, not exponentially, but increasing significantly in this age range, especially I, we started this before the pandemic, but uh, we actually launched just before the pandemic, which was fortunate because it was needed. But um, it was it has been getting really, really, really bad for the past decade. And during the pandemic, it just doubled <laughs> in, mm -hmm. in, you know, in 18 months. So, um, there, so there's a public health need to help young women. Mm -hmm. um, and also, it's just something that I really wish I had growing up. Of course, when I was growing up, there were no apps, but, um, or cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but it's one of those things that I was like, I, I wish I had that. You know, I wish I had a place where I could just talk to other awesome girls about anything. Did you grow up with sisters? I did not. <laughs> so I have a brother. I have an older brother. Um, and I have three boys of my own. So, mm -hmm. no, I'm, I'm like the only woman <laughs> in the house. Yeah. So you've been craving sisterhood for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I love, love my sons. They're amazing. And also I have my own, you know, I, I created my own sisterhood, right? That's what you, I mean, even if you have sisters, you find your yeah. friends, but I've had, I've been fortunate to have really good friends my entire life, uh, really close female friendships that have been, you know, a lifeline. Like that's like super, super, super important in my life. So yeah, I, I want everyone to have that. <laughs> But um, yes, I think it's super important. What do you want um, the girls who are part of Girl Intelligence to know? If they can only know one thing, what what message do you want them to walk away with by using the app? By using, oh, okay. Yeah. You started with like, like, what do you want them to know? So many things, but about the app. You <laughs> um, can answer both questions. What do you want them to yes. know universally, and what do you want them to leave with after you know when they when they age out of yeah. the app? How do you want them to be left? Yeah, I mean, you don't. We don't have a cutoff age out, so we do have like some older women there, but it's clearly designed for you know mid to late twenties. Um, um, like, I want them to get that experience that they are always supported, that they can just go and just talk about anything. Like, they have a question. Mm -hmm. um, I want them to, so you, when you practice something, you also take it into your life. And then you're also more likely to try to find <clears throat> that kind of a community. Ooh, so you, you said to bring tea, and I did. <laughs> so now I can use it. So to know that that is, so a lot, for a lot of women, and also for, I think for everyone in, in their lives, you, friendships change. Mm -hmm. And you also, I think everyone has experience with women trying to compete and women backstabbing each other and men too it's mm -hmm. uh you know it's not different but and sometimes you can lose I, I've heard this a lot from also from girls using the app that they thought they could never find other women who will support them like it's always cattiness and competitive competition um and there's a lot of reasons for that I have a talk a whole talk about why women compete with each other but um practicing something different a different experience mm -hmm. Because if you know it exists, you will find it in the real world as well. Um, mm -hmm. It's all about finding those. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes it takes years to find, you know, your people. But um, to know that it is possible and to know how to communicate that way and uh, just practice it. That's something I want them to come out <laughs> after using the app. There's a lot of women who are considering starting an app for their business. 
Mm -hmm. it can feel really overwhelming because they don't know developers or like don't even know where to start. Yeah. Um, How was your journey of creating an app and what actions did you take to make it actually possible? Yes. So I am fortunate uh, in that building an app is really hard. However, it's getting much, much easier with time. There are more and more platforms that can help you build an app for much cheaper than it used to be a few years ago, even. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started this app, this company with my husband. He's a developer. So, yeah, so he developed the app. So, uh, but we are very scrappy because we, um, you know, at first we were like, at first we were like completely bootstrapped. Um, mm-hmm. So basically did everything on our own. So I designed the app. I'm not a designer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I downloaded the design software. I took a few, um, you know, I took a few. I didn't take courses. I took a few YouTube videos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can study so much on your own if you're just willing to, willing to fail, (laughs) willing to do some really crappy things. (laughs) Because, oh my God, like I actually saved my first design. It was so terrible. It was so (laughs) cringe. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, It's still not great. Um, So if you open the app right now, these are the final days of this design. We actually got we got um uh we got funded uh, by a grant from Neutrogena a couple a few months ago, and we used that money. Yeah. Thank you. That was so awesome. Thank you, Neutrogena. Um, and they um so basically we used the money to um some of the money to design to redesign the app. So it is going to be so beautiful. Like we're actually implementing right now. Like we're putting the design mm-hmm. on the app right now. Um, it's fine right now. It has gone through many iterations, but right now it's still my design. Um, and the designers are just amazing. They made it so, so, so beautiful. So um, so basically, in terms of development, I had a, I have a developer and he's, uh, you know, he's been building software for many, many years. So he's very experienced. He knows what he's doing. He's like, can, can build stuff pretty quickly, like, you know, very quickly, actually, in terms of, because... Um, you know, if you take developers, a lot of times it takes a while and then, you know, you have to scrap some things and throw it away. We never had to do that. Um, so I've been fortunate that way. Um, but everything else we've just made do, you know, we just uh, found, you know, templates and just made it happen. But there are a lot of tools online now that makes even his development much, much easier. Like mm-hmm. um, things you can use that are open source or so things that you can use um, um, to build an app for much, much quicker and much cheaper. Yeah. And from a strategic perspective, are you like um, working on partnerships with like, like in my head, I'm like, oh, this would be cool to partner with like Girl Scouts as an organization. Or, you know, how are you going after finding your dream customers and, and getting them to to be in the app? Yeah. So we have been talking to Girl Scouts. Um, it's so big. So what, you know, what, we've always known, but uh, big organizations are tough to work with because it's tough for them to move. Like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like they are doing things. They were very interested though. They were very supportive. They really liked it. I think we need to, you know, maybe after we have this new design, I'm going to approach them again. Um, They were like, let's keep talking. You know, we really like this, where you're going with this. Um, But I'm, you know, we are kind of networking and reaching out all the time. Um, You know, sometimes we get support. Sometimes we get, um, shout outs and uh, users and um, just constant networking. I think it's really, uh, I live in the Bay area and before the pandemic, (laughs) 
so before the pandemic, we didn't even have an app, but I've already, mm -hmm. but I've kind of got myself connected. It's really easy to connect mm -hmm. with women organizations or with founders organizations, join groups, join Facebook groups. Um, so before the pandemic, it was really nice because I could actually go places and meet people and just, you know, even build friendships. And that was really, really nice. And then once you have those connections, then, um, you know, when you need something, you can ask for it and you can make things happen. Um, since the pandemic, it's harder. It's kind of like waking up again now a little bit. Hopefully, hopefully we're done soon. Um, but there are also all, all kinds of online forums, social media. We reach out a lot on DMs. People reach out to us on DMs like, hey, mm -hmm. we want to collaborate, um, you know, share our content. We'll share your content. Let's, let's mm -hmm. just meet and chat because we're doing similar things. So mm -hmm. I just uh, really love this like, ecosystem. Like people on the startup world so far has have been just incredible, like super supportive, um, super collaborative. You just have to yeah. put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you said a key phrase that I think really pivots what people normally think of networking. You said, I'm just going out and making new friends. Yeah. And I, I think it's easy to get intimidated when people say like, go network, go find people. And you're like, oh, but really it's like, and maybe this is my personality, but I think it's so fun to go network because it's like, who do I want to be friends with? Who exactly. is going to have the key that I need? Even if we're not friends, who has the key? Like, who are they going to pass me to that is that new partner? Because um, right. in general, people who are entrepreneurs, for more, I think, than others, but in general, people want to help. If they have a skill or a resource, yeah. or they know someone, people enjoy being able to pass that on to you and help make connections. So um I love that you're doing all the things, right? Working your list, your network. <laughs> you have to do all the things. You do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I think like one of the most interesting, like, I think if you approach it as, and, and I kind of see both things in networking events. Like I've never had a problem with networking events because I feel like I'm just here to meet people and, uh, and talk to people. It's not about getting things. Yeah. It's not about, um, you know, getting partnerships. So it's, I mean, it, it usually does happen. It usually does. Yeah. Um, but it won't happen every time. So if you go there with the approach that if I don't get anything out of that meeting, it will be a waste of time, then you're not going to have fun. Right? And it's not yeah. going to be, and people are going to also notice because if you're a little bit like, it's mm -hmm. not about getting stuff. It's also about helping other people. Like whenever yes. I can help, I just, I just love helping. It's like, it's fun. <laughs> like if I can, that's great. Um, yeah. So basically we're all here for, we're all here really for human interaction to meet other people. Um and make those connections. And if we can help each other, we will. But it's not like this, like high pressure um, goal thing. You know, you have your goals, you have to get some targets. Um, like I never think of it that way. And then it makes it so much easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With, with an app like yours, where your goal is to help connect and provide community to young women, mm -hmm. how, like, how did you go about deciding, like, should this be paid? Should this not? Like, how did you figure out the profitability model for it? Because so often women create businesses that are heart-centered, like this one. Yep. And whenever yep. we're heart-centered, we're like, we can't charge. And I'm I'm always the coach being like, charge more. <laughs> yep. Or find yeah, yeah. the place to charge, right? Like, where does it make sense? So I'm really curious, like, how you kind of grappled with that conversation with yourself and mm -hmm. uh, where you're focusing so it can be accessible and profitable at the same time. Right. So we're still on that journey. Um, mm -hmm. I think so you can't charge for something like that, especially not for young 
people. Also, I don't think you can ever charge for a community like that. Um, also, we want it to be accessible for everyone. And, you know, we definitely have girls on the app who can't, who wouldn't ever be able to afford yep. to pay anything. And also girls don't have their own money a lot of times. So, you know, so we are, um, you know, we're funded by grants and people who want to support us so far. Um, we do have um, a project in the works that will be um, our revenue generating mm -hmm. model, but I can't talk about it yet. Um but the community itself and the support is always going to be free. And that's like, that's our mission. Like we do want yeah. all the girls to have it. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's, it's a tough thing to, especially with something like that, that has like a strong social mission. Uh, mm -hmm. It's tough to balance those two things. Cause obviously you, you, you know, you want to be, have a business and make money. Um, you also want to do good in the world. So you kind of have to, I think I really like what resonates with me usually is providing, and I'm sure that's what you also teach, providing a lot of value and then charging for some of it. Like you're basically charging for like, okay, maybe, that, maybe that's my philosophy, less than your worth. Like it's kind of like, a, I don't know what Canva is popping into my mind, you know, Canva, the designs, like, oh my God, the value they provide. It's insane. Mm -hmm. I use it for everything. And the girls all use the free platform. The free platform is amazing. The free platform, you can do so, so, so much. You never, never need to pay. Then you fall in love with them. They had a lot of competition starting out. Yeah. I don't know if starting out, but at some point they had a lot of competition. I'm, I'm not following that field very closely, but I know that I've seen a lot of competition and, and I think they're prevailing because they're providing way more value than they charge. But I am happy to pay the, the, the yearly fee, very happy to have their pro account and I'm happy to support them. But I feel like I'm getting so much more value than I'm paying for. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's that's the model I want. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have you you approach, you appeal to a very broad audience, and just some of them will pay for your extra features. Um, yeah. Your target audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you go back to eight-year-old you. Mm -hmm. would she have imagined that this is what your life looks like, that you're living in the U.S., that you have an app? <laughs> I mean, granted, you and I both were growing up when there was no such thing as an app. So, um, <laughs> but like, what, was she imagining that you'd be in technology and helping girls? Never. No, not at all. <laughs> I, so when I was eight, actually, I wanted to be an author. Like I was writing short stories. I wrote a book. <laughs> uh, I, th I thought I'd be an author. Um, yeah, the, the world was very, very different <laughs> back then. So I never, it's hard to think back. Like eight-year-old is like, you know, it's younger than my kids. It's like a uh, very, very long time ago. But no, this was, I never thought I'd live here. You know, not at all. Um, yeah. That was not what? at all, this is not at all the plan. And then technology is not something I could. So I think when I was like, when I was little, probably younger than eight, um, my dad, he's a physicist and um, talked to me about computers. And he actually took me when I was really little, he took me to his, uh, he worked in university. He took me to see a computer because nobody had a computer at home. So he took me to see this, you know, this machine. And I was like, but what do you use it for? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, how would we ever use it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, I could not imagine <laughs> where we are today. You know, when you look at the journey that you've had, you know, who have been powerful women or powerful humans that have guided you along your path and who have inspired you along the way? Yeah. 
I mean, in my work, there were in in academia, there were very few women actually above me. Um, that's kind of always the case, right? In male-dominated fields, but um, I've had a, a few you know, women who are like you know 10, 15 years older that were just really, really helpful and amazing advice and support and kind of like. I think that is just something every woman should have uh, and every woman should provide. Now, I, now I'm the mentor to younger women, uh, mm -hmm. but I feel like we just have to, as women, especially since we are disadvantaged in many, many ways, uh, we just have to have that. So, so there were a couple uh, at Stanford that helped me out um, and I could just talk to, you know, uh, get support and, uh, and help with kind of the big picture. Cause a lot of times, like, especially when you have young children and a full-time job, you're drowning. <laughs> like there's yeah. no other way you're drowning and you can't like raise your head and see like what's ahead even like you're mm -hmm. kind of like dealing with a day-to-day -day life. You know, I had uh, three kids under four. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so my twins were, when my twins were born, my oldest was three years, three, uh, three years and nine months old. So yeah, it was, it was busy. Um, <laughs> and uh, like having um, someone like with a bigger perspective to show you say, Hey, how about you go this way? Or how about, you know, this is what you've done. You should apply to this. You should do, you know, these are opportunities that are out there that you're not even aware of, but you'll be perfect for, you know, things like that. So, mm -hmm. um, and then and just lucky, in general. Right. How lucky to have people to, to encourage you to look up and look around. Yes, exactly. Otherwise we, that's where we get stuck in that drowning hamster wheel cycle. And exactly. We, years go by and you're like, what happened? And so it's so, I'm always so grateful for someone who sticks their hand in it. It's like, hold on, <laughs> come out of there. Yep. 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 Exactly. That's like so, so, so important. Um, so I try to do that now, like think of, you know, my, the girls that I work with and like um, support them and help them. Like one of the goals of the advisory board, we have 25 uh, young women there is to help their path and their career. And they're like, you know, when they apply to college, what will they say? And um, when they apply to grad school, what will they say? You know, things like that. So, yeah, I think it's... Well, um, well most businesses do not have an advisory board made up of young women. Um, right. How cool was it to make that part of your business model? And how much fun do you have in those advisory meetings? Oh, so much fun. I mean, <laughs> these girls, I mean, you know, we just, uh, you know, we just advertised and they applied and uh, they're amazing. They're just amazing. Each and every one of them. Um, they, they love this work, but we also, um, I also get to know them and we're like, uh, we meet once a month as, as a team. We have a Slack group where we chat and talk about like everything. Um, and some of them I've been working with for two years now. So like, we really, I really got to know them. And some of them I met in person, if they're in the area, um, like we have, you know, we meet. Um, the pandemic made it harder. So most of them I yeah. have never met with. But uh, and then they have we have committees that they lead. So we have the girl talk committee for the girl talk section. We have a for the chat for the conversations, the topics. Um, we have a girl wisdom section where they create all kinds of information that they want to share with other girls. So it's kind of like a visual, more like an Instagram -y visual thing, but about mm -hmm. information to empower other girls or just information that they think girls should know. Um, so we have um, the girl talk committee and the content creation committee. We have a marketing committee. We have um, 
a leadership team. So, and they meet amongst themselves. So I, I mm-hmm. give them as much in, like, I don't like to micromanage. Uh, I have been micromanaged uh, in my work previously and I hated it. So I don't, you know, I give them guidance as much as they need, but they have a lot of autonomy, which uh, is something I would love to have at their age. Um, yeah. So they have leadership positions and they do just amazing, amazing work. Like help us with every step. I could not do this without them. Mm-hmm. Um because I'm not the target audience. Building an app that isn't... So I know a lot about mm-hmm. young people and their, you know, their brains <laughs> and uh, how they work. But, uh, you know, I'll never be a Gen Z girl. So <laughs> uh, everything goes through them. If they don't mm-hmm. like something, even if I love it, I'm not going to do it because they don't like it. And and if they like things, even if I'm like, eh, you know, we... And, unless I hate it. If I hate it... I have a veto power if I absolutely hate it, but actually, <laughs> that actually never happened. So that's okay. This never happened. Um, yeah, but they—they uh, they are really the decision makers. Like they help mm-hmm. us with everything, including the design of the app. Everything went through them. The colors, the fonts, the design—like what everything went through them. You mentioned before, you know, having those um, moderators. You know how how do you choose? what is okay for them to be talking about or asking about and what do you, where do you draw the line? Because I'm sure, you know, looking at what's happening with the the bill in Florida right now, that's being labeled as the don't say gay bill. Mm -hmm. That bill has a lot of other things in it about what's appropriate at different ages to discuss and talk about and have in school without parental approval. Yep. And that's, that's like one piece of that bill of, um, so how are you choosing where that barometer is and how much are the girls involved in setting that as well? Yeah. So that is an excellent question. (laughs) We don't censor anything and we don't tell them what to talk about. It's a platform for them. So our only rule is that uh, we don't want young girls to be exposed to things that are not age appropriate for them. And that's why we have human moderators for every, all the girls under 15 Um, So any content that is disturbing or sexual, like highly sexual, um, Mm -hmm. age-appropriate sexual, sure, uh, Mm -hmm. they should talk about those things. Um, But, you know, some of the older girls have very, you know, deep topics, that um, heavy topics that they talk about, things Mm -hmm. that happen or things that, you know, they want to advise about that a 13-year-old shouldn't read. (laughs) So, So that's one of our guidelines. And then just anything that is not supportive, but we don't censor any opinion. Like we mm-hmm. don't set the tone. Like we don't, I don't have to agree with anything that is said there. Um, yeah. As long as they're respectful to each other, as long as they don't mm-hmm. say, you know, you're going to go to a bird in hell or, or like you're stupid or like you just, mm-hmm. you know, but they, 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 like that almost never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the AI actually picks up on those things. So all those, um, anything that's unsupportive or anything that's, disturbing like it mm-hmm. we've had you know some probably men trying to you know post things on the platform yeah. the ai always detects that mm-hmm. <laughs> we do have a flagging system and and we do go through most things yeah. and a hundred percent of the things for the younger girls but um but yeah um so some some men have tried to post all kinds of things they never made it to the feed um so but yeah we don't censor we don't set the tone we don't decide what they're talking about or not it is their Mm -hmm. platform um but they do get when they post that's another thing we have when they post they can decide which age it's for 
Mm-hmm. So we've actually had a 13-year-old who was sexually abused. And she wanted advice about that. What ha- She couldn't even process it, probably. Process yeah. it or make sense mm-hmm. of it. But she did know that she doesn't want girls her age to see it. Because it's not content that the girls, it did happen to her, unfortunately. You know, unfortunate for any age. But um, she wanted the advice of the older girls. So she wrote the topic and she said, hey, this happened. Um, what do I do? Who do I tell? How do I tell? Um, mm-hmm. Do I tell? You know, they, um, yeah. but she chose like with the age ranges that you could choose. She chose, I think, I think she chose 18 and up actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wanted the advice of the older girls about the situation. She didn't want to, sh- she didn't want girls her age to see it. Now, if mm-hmm. we saw it, if she didn't do that, then yeah. we would, uh, we would do that for her. Mm-hmm. We would only post it to the older girls. Um, but she actually had the insight to, to, to do it herself. But it was the only place and she said in the conversation that she has no other place to talk about this. Yeah. She has no other place to go. Um, you know, she didn't want to tell her parents. She didn't want to tell her teachers. So she just didn't know, know what to do. And this was this one place that she could talk about it. And nobody knows who she is. Nobody can, you know. Yeah. How, when um, members sign up, like what's the process to know that they are like the right age they are. They are who they say they are. Like, is there, how do you, how do you keep creeps out? And how do you yeah. know girls are in the right age buckets? <laughs> yes. So there's, there's actually no way to know that. Um, <laughs> other apps have tried. There's an, and, and I always download them and try to, to trick the system. <laughs> just for fun. Um, you can't really do that and still be usable. Like yeah. you can do that. Sure. You can ask them for an ID or, mm-hmm. um, you can do face recognition. That's like very fraught because yeah. of face recognition is terrible with uh, non-Caucasians, for instance, yeah. or with non-binary people. Like we're open for mm-hmm. anyone who identifies as a woman, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the face recognition software might not get that. Um, so it's impossible to really know um, the actual age and the gender without being way too intrusive and unusable. So we don't do that. But what we do is we monitor on the content level. Yeah. So we make sure the content is safe. Um, yeah. So potentially there could be people there that are just reading and not mm-hmm. interacting, and we will never know. But that's yeah. okay because, you know, you can be anonymous if you want to. Um, the girls know this is the internet um, and these things can happen, but the content itself is, is, is safe and supportive. That's, yeah. that's, our, that's our approach. I just think, you know, my mind keeps expanding on how many different organizations, even schools that should mm-hmm. be encouraging, you know, girls to use this, Yes. Um, which of course make, leads me to, has anyone asked you to make one for voice? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I get that all the time, uh, especially since I have three boys <laughs> and they're like, why didn't you build something for boys? <laughs> But I'm a girl. I'm a yes. grown-up girl. <laughs> so, and I think I think boys need something different. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I think the, the needs of boys are different. And also, I think a safe space for girls is super important to know that you're surrounded by people who understand you. Um, most of the bullying that happens online for girls is from men, uh, boys and men. Uh, so if you eliminate really? that, you already yeah, it's like seventy six percent. That really surprises me. Yeah, going back to mm-hmm. um, what you said earlier about that talk you have about women being in competition with each mm-hmm. other. 
It really surprises me that the majority of bullying girls face is from boys and men. Online. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Like, I almost um, feel like it's worse than girl-on-girl bullying because it's like, I, I don't, there's no relatability in that bullying. Like, I, I don't know why it bothers me more. It shouldn't. But there's something about it that's maybe just fulfilling the patriarchy. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I do agree that the only thing that I agree with, with, with the, I mean, whenever you build something, there will be comments and there will be criticism and that's yeah, okay. Yes. Uh, you know, that's fine. Like we, uh, um, we chose to support girls this way, mm-hmm. but I absolutely agree that men need, uh, boys and men need support too. And also boys and men need to learn how to support women <laughs> and how to fight the patriarchy. Um, so that is, some of what we're doing next. Um, mm-hmm. It's not going to be limited to girls, but girl intelligence is always going to be for self-identifying girls. Um, yeah. And I th- and I think that's important that it exists. But I, yeah, I, I get that all the time. All the yes, time. <laughs> same. I don't think you can have a um, product or service that is gender specific without being asked the question. Yep. Um, and it, it's often a topic on this podcast of why powerful ladies, not powerful humans. And I've had powerful men on here. I've had powerful couples on here yeah. um, because I think it's important to hear all the different stories. And if it works for this, I'm building stories for the powerful ladies community. So if it works for mm-hmm. that community, then it makes sense. Yep. Um, and at the same time, I keep thinking like, who, like, hey, anyone out there who wants to make the powerful gentleman's conversation <laughs> because we need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't need more like powerful men is not a like is not something we need. We don't need we need compassionate men. We need um you know it's I also love that. I love that goes reference. to mm-hmm. yeah, it goes to how do you define powerful? But like yeah. if you say powerful man, it's scary, it sounds scary to me. If you say mm-hmm. powerful woman, I'm like, oh cool. Like it's like, you know, yesterday was um at the time of recording was International Women's Day. And yeah. I keep thinking, you know. If you have a day, <laughs> then it's a problem. Like, you know, yeah. if you have a month, if you have a day, then you are disadvantaged. Like, there's no International Men's Day, like, because we no. don't need that. Nobody needs that. Um, but I don't feel like we will ever not need an International Women's Day, definitely not in my lifetime. Because even if we do reach equality, which we are, like, 200 years away, so not my lifetime. But um, <laughs> um, but even if, like, say, by some miracle, we reach equality in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um we would always want to remember the thousands of years <laughs> where we didn't have equality. So I don't yeah. think we'll ever, but, but, but in the future, I would love to not need to have a women's history month or a women's day yeah. um, at some point. Yeah. There's a great post yesterday from Glennon Doyle of talking to her daughter, Tish and her mm-hmm. daughter's like, what do you mean we get one day? Shouldn't we get at least half the days? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and yes. she was like, well played. Yes, you are correct. Yes. And I think it's so nice I, to, oh, go ahead. Oh, so um, when my son was eight, uh, when my oldest was eight, he uh, came up to me one day and he's like, like, like kind of like with emotion. And he was like, mom, are you a feminist? And I'm like, I'm like, okay, we've been talking about this since the day we were born, but okay. Okay. This is a revelation for you right now. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, of course. And he's like, so you think uh, boys are uh, girls are better than boys, and I was like, no. Again, no. <laughs> That's not what it means. Feminism is that women are equal to men, 
And, you know, I can see the little wheels in his head <laughs> turning. And he's like, well, then why is there a word for it? Yeah. And I'm like. What the, the craziest thing is, yeah. another guest on this podcast has shared almost the identical story mm-hmm. of her son. Yeah. And he's like, wait, why do we have, why did, what? Like he could not fathom that it so that, needed to exist in consciousness as a exactly thing. exactly mm-hmm. and that gives me hope <laughs> or yeah. the new generation that they can't even understand why that's a thing like why are we even thinking about inequality when it's clear that we're equal so yeah. that's definitely gives me hope for the next generation yeah i i regularly think that if we had a panel of five-year-olds making many decisions that we need on this mm-hmm. planet we would be in better shape um yeah. Just because <laughs> there's, you know, I, I use the the age eight, like usually it's like eight to 10. There's mm-hmm. something magical at that age where there's still magic. And we, and we also are functioning in modern society at the same time. Like we yeah. haven't crossed over, we haven't lost the magic yet that tends to start going downhill after that, unfortunately. <laughs> after that. Yeah. And so I think it's a really interesting time and of course, I'd love to expand that and keep that, you know, I still want the magic in my life. So I'm like, let's keep it coming. Um, mm-hmm. But but there's something that always makes me hopeful talking to young people in general and kids. Mm-hmm. And just like women have historically, you know, been considered not intelligent enough to contribute somewhere or that yeah. wasn't their place. I think we yep. do, we do the same thing with kids in our society on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more opportunity to like they're so wise because mm-hmm. everything is still simple. Yep. And they haven't taken on all the nonsense <laughs> that you get as an adult. Yep. And even, you know, psychologically they haven't experienced all like a whole, you know, decades and decades of trauma. <laughs> I right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's inspiring to me to think about like, okay, where do I need a young people's advisory board in my life? And maybe I just mm. need one <laughs> for my life path in general, not even for a business. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to start, I'm like, Hey guys, all right, what should I do? Buy this house or not? I think, <laughs> I think I need to just tap into source like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> when you think of the words powerful and ladies, what do they mean to you when they're separate? And does their definition shift or change when powerful ladies is put together? That's a great question. Um, so I think, so powerful, I guess it depends on the context. Um, and I, like we said, you know, it can be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so having power, having uh, a place in the world, having agency, having mm-hmm. um, a, a voice and the power to do things. Uh, powerful can also be destructive and, you know, a terrible thing. Um, but I think it's a, like what I thought about when, when you first emailed me about, you know, powerful ladies is that like our power is in having confidence, knowing that we're equal and then supporting others. It's not about being a queen, you know, there's like, it's not about being better than other women or other people, mm-hmm. Um, it's not about controlling other like power, like the dark side of power is like, you know, destructive and controlling others. I think to be a powerful woman is to know your worth um, 
know that you have something to contribute, know that you can speak up and know that you can do things, know that you can create things. Um, but then also have the power to be kind to others and support others. Uh, I think that's the real power. Mm-hmm. You know, we ask everyone on the, the podcast where they put themselves on the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself on that scale today and on average? Oh. Um, like I would put myself above average because like I've always been pretty, like I've been silenced many, many, many times <laughs> for sure. And I've been told many times that I'm too aggressive or that I'm too opinionated or, um, but ever like, since a young age, and that, that's probably why I was told those things. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but since a young age, I like realized that I have like I have a voice, and that I have opinions, and that I will express them. <laughs> so, um, and that I can, like one of the things, like it's not not this podcast, but other podcasts ask like, what's your tagline? Mm-hmm. Something, and I think my tagline in many cases was, "Why the hell not?" Because <laughs> so many times I've been told, "Oh, you really shouldn't be doing this." So you really shouldn't be, or like, how are you going to be a doctor um, and a mother? And believe it or not, I was actually asked this in my medical school interview. Nobody will ask this these days, but they actually, like the the panel in the medical school interview (laughs) asked me, how would you, how are you going to juggle motherhood and, and the career in medicine? And I, and if I, if this happened to me today, I would say, do you ask the men this? Right. <laughs> because they don't you know that they don't mm-hmm. uh, but back then it didn't even seem weird it didn't even seem out of place I was like oh I can answer that you know <laughs> I can do that but yeah but I think I've always ha- I think I have more than average confidence um, and I think that's probably why I did the things I've done um, because there's a backlash in every step like be- even being in medical school like you get backlash from the patients like I've had patients say, I don't, I don't want you. I want a real doctor. How do you handle that when that <laughs> happens? So many times. Oh my God. Um, you you say I am a real doctor. And I had this um, attending who is like, I don't know, five, six years older than me. She was like already in attending position. And she's like, she always used to help me like, you know, women supporting women. Right. She used to help me in these situations when I was an intern. She was like, She's one, she's one of the best doctors we have. Like, you know, you, this, this is your doctor. You know, like, be grateful. She's amazing. You know, things like that. So that really helps when you have someone else. Um, but, but so at the time, and this is what I hear from a lot of young women. Oh, this doesn't affect me. I'm fine. I don't care when people say those things. But you're not fine. Like, it yeah. took me years to realize that these, this is added energy that you have to put in that mm-hmm. men don't have to ever deal with. Like every time I would start, like a lot of times when I would start like a new rotation in med school, I would walk in the first day and people would be like, oh, and I'm like wearing my white coat, you know, sometimes like when I was a doctor already, I had like the doctor, mm-hmm. um, you know, on, you know, the tag on my coat, um, they would not pay attention and they would say, oh, we we're waiting for you. Um, all the, you know, the trays there with the food, the, the, the patients are hungry. You know, we're waiting for you to give out the food. And I'm like, I'm the new med student. <laughs> like, or, you know, we have all these chores for you. And then like, never, people never, almost never assume that I'm the med student. They always assumed I am the, you know, the person or a person who's going to give out the food or a person who's, you know, so it's like, 
having to explain, having people always doubt that you are in the right place takes energy. It grates on you. It affects you. And, you know, we shouldn't ignore it. <laughs> so, Well, there, there's been so much that um, our generations had normalized. Yeah. Like, yeah. For, for me, <laughs> I didn't like the aha moment I had in how not not equal things were was a tweet a guy actually put put out and because I knew that there were issues I knew there wasn't equality I'd experienced it I had felt it I dealt with it but the but the part that pushed me over the edge was seeing his tweet that said how uh, my sister gets ready for a date versus how I get ready for a date mm -hmm. it was like mm -hmm. she you know, is trying to like make sure the person's not crazy. She's telling her friend. She has her phone with her. She's texting when she gets there. Yep. She texts her when she comes home. She's getting a ride. She has a backup plan. Like listing all the things to go on a first date. And he yep. goes, I shower and show up. Yep. And I'm like, that's yep. the issue. That, that is not okay. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and again, there's many examples of, of, what, of that imbalance, but that's the one because... It's one thing to deal with um, nonviolent discrimination. It's another to deal with the violent side of it. And yes. it's it's so unfortunate how um, even if the statistics, I, every mother taught us, just like you know, every mother of a a black son in America, like yep. there's different rules that we have to go through society with. And yeah, yeah it was just like, okay, that's the rule. I yep. never thought like who doesn't have to follow this rule until yep. that tweet. So yeah, it's it's um it's easy to to just normalize how things are operating and like you said, who pulls you out to to look up and be like, "Wait, this we don't need to drown. We don't need to be on the hamster wheel. This is not a normal that mm -hmm. we agreed to." Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, this is not normal and we should do everything we can to change it. Mhm. Mm right. Um well, I can't let you off the hook because you didn't pick a number and the listeners will be upset oh. if I let someone sneak away. <laughs> oh, a number, a number. Um, so, okay, what, what's ten. the scale again? Zero, Zero to, to ten. ten. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. To, right now, I feel like maybe an eight, but there are days that I'm like very low, much lower than that. So, like, there are days that I'm like, I like, what am I doing? Like, what, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, definitely lots of days like that, for sure. <laughs> Well, like and, and in every step, like in every step, oh, in med school, in academia, throughout like motherhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes Everything. I think that where we put ourselves on the scale changes hour by hour. <laughs> So, you know, the Powerful Ease community is a large and powerful community. So this year I've been asking guests, what requests would you like to make of the community? What do you need? How can we help you? What's a missing key we can help you find? Mm -hmm. uh, well, you can share your intelligence with all the young women in your lives. Uh, join the community. Um, just be there to get support, to provide support. The girls who provide support also love, like just just love being there and being a mm -hmm. Being able to have access to the girls who want to talk about things. Like, even if you don't need anything right now, you can give. Um, and that's also really, really helpful. It makes you feel powerful. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Girtelligence. Uh, we are super fun to follow. 
And um, we are actually going to open up recruitment for the advisory board. Um, we have very little turnover. You know, some girls are graduating. Some girls um, just have other activities. Uh, we have very little turnover, but we will open a few spots for every March. We open around March. <laughs> we haven't opened it yet, and it's already. Um, but yeah, so if you know anyone who that's, a, 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 so it's usually 14, 15 and up to 25, um, anyone who wants to be involved in our advisory board, uh, you'll have my contact information at the podcast. Mm -hmm. You can also DM us on Instagram and uh, we will be posting about that soon. Awesome. And if there is someone who um, is called to support you, sponsor you, partner with you, they can follow the same yes. path? Absolutely. So if you have, if you know of any grants or funding mechanisms that fit with our mission, we'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah. And also if you have an organization that's involved with girls that we can partner with, uh, that we can support you, that you can support us, spread the word. Um, yeah. Any collaborations. We're always super collaborative and we're always happy to hear, to, to meet people who share our mission. Awesome. Um, well, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you today. I'm really excited about your creating. I'm glad there's a space for young girls, uh, both to contribute and to ask their questions and be supported. Um, it's just an honor to know that you're out there and doing this work and making a difference. Thank you. Thank you. I feel the same. Thanks for having me. <laughs>